Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Midtown Atlanta, it's time for Health Connect South Radio. Now here's your host, C.W. Hall. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's CW. Thank you for checking out the Health Connect South radio show. On this week's episode, we sat down with a very cool gentleman, Steve Kronz. He's the director of innovation at Kennesaw State University's Brain Lab at the Coles College of Business. They're doing some very interesting studies focused on brainwave activity. And the Brain Lab at Kennesaw State University is unique in that it is embedded within the Coles College of Business uh, rather than being just simply medically focused. And they're actually able to take these studies of brain waves and responses to a variety of uh, stimuli to empower business to be more effective in what they do. For example, they can actually tell an enterprise whether or not the logo that they chose is one that is responded to in the way that they would hope. They're able to take salespeople uh, and learn how novices respond to certain sales situations and thus allow the company to get very specific with how they train these salespeople so that they can be more effective. One of the cool things that they're doing at the Brain Lab at Kennesaw State University's Coles College of Business is they are now getting very close to being able to empower us to convert our thoughts into text that another individual could read, as well as being able to use our thoughts to control devices. Coming up, Steve talks about how he got motivated to put his focus into cracking the code, if you will, and empower individuals to be able to convert thought to text and thought into remote control type actions. He also shares just how close we are to seeing this type of technology come to fruition. My father actually was diagnosed with ALS in 2005, and he passed in 2008, and I kind of made it my life's work to do as much as I can to, to do this. And he never got to the locked-in state, but there was I, we've met many of our clients that are. Hmm. It's really heartbreaking. I it would really imagine. is. So they're in there, very much in there Absolutely. mentally. Just as, as awake as they we are. They can't make the machinery move. That's right. It's been a long road, but I think we're, we're getting very close. There's a, a team that we're working with that's working on thought-to-text protocol. <laughs> um, that would be so amazing, well, right for, now particularly for, for people like you're talking about, yes. or imagine what that would mean if I'm in a hospital bed and I am intubated. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be interesting to see if someone's in a medically induced coma, just how far, you know, how well, there they are. We're working with, there's about a 70% accuracy rate right now. So it's very, very scary and interesting all at the same time. How far do you think we can take that? All the way. Absolutely. Without a doubt. As soon as they figure the patterns, then we can match them to either voice fingerprints, if you will, or language fingerprints, as you're talking about. Once that pattern really comes together, there's the sky's the limit. Stick around for the full interview with Steve Kronz from the Kennesaw State University Coles College of Business Brain Lab coming up next. Good morning, everyone. It's CW here on the Health Connect South Radio Show, episode 45. And we're really pleased to have with us in studio Steve Kronz from the Kennesaw State University Coles College of Business, the Brain Lab at Kennesaw State. And you're the director of innovation there. Correct. I was really intrigued as I started learning of the Brain Lab and what you were doing. It wasn't exactly in line with when I first heard the term Brain Lab. I'm thinking, oh, okay, they're going to be doing all kinds of brain studies, of course. But it went, it was uh, had a little different, I guess, vector on it than what I anticipated. Being part of the business college. Correct, yes. Then you're doing a lot of work 
tying the power of my brain and what it can do and how it responds to certain things into business so that business can run more effectively. So it's really it's kind true. of a cool concept. Can you introduce folks to the Brain Lab there at the Coles College of Business? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good morning, by the way. Thanks yeah. for having me. The Brain Lab here at Kennesaw State University is really, we're a testbed for technological innovation when it comes to business and even communication. We are primarily focused on healthcare technology through the use of EEG, basically. And what that is, is your brain puts off certain signals as you, as you do certain things or think about certain things. We can tie that into a trigger using our devices and control basically anything we overlay. It's a little bit technical, but yeah. Now, I know I'm not necessarily the most learned person in the world, but I hadn't heard of this kind of brain study as it relates to business. Now, I've heard some certain, certain, certain things, but, but I mean, in terms of on the scope of what we're talking about, how long has the Brain Lab been in place and how did it come to be? Dr. Adrian Randolph is really the founder and it's been there for a number of years. It's been a, a staple of the college of business. We're actually in the growth mode right now, trying to bring on more sponsors and do more for the community at large. So, yeah. So now what are the folks that are working in the lab itself in, in terms of conducting the studies and getting the data that you're able to collect from the subjects who come through the lab? What sorts of folks are those EEG technicians? Is that what we're talking about? Um, possibly. Right now, it's a lot of students. We do a lot with student activities and student volunteers, but we have a couple of different focuses in the Brain Lab. We have a, uh, a healthcare-based focus where we are looking for and actually achieving day-to-day -day help for locked-in patients, people that can't, I mean, your brain's perfectly normal, but you can't move right, at all. Right. And we have a system based on EEG that will allow communication between them and their healthcare workers or friends and family, even though they can't move at all. Interesting. You're, yeah. you're saying that they can manipulate their brain waves. <laughs> yeah, by we, thinking, yep. if you will. We actually, uh, we, we think of it as a the biggest universal remote control ever. Your brain, we can overlay our technology onto other devices, uh, like uh, we're a Google Glass Explorer. We have uh, a working platform for communication of locked-in patients to their healthcare providers using Google Glass. Wow. And in that sort of interaction, I mean, what does the... <clears throat> information, what are they, what is flowing back and forth from an information perspective? Do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, not yeah. language or is it, are, are these, is this somehow converted into some sort of a language, almost like a, in my mind, I, I may be simplifying it too much, but thinking of like a telegraph, for example, it's kind of a s series of signals, if you will, that yes. end up having a informational value or a word a vocabulary. Sure. Well, in layman's terms, the basics, the basics behind our technology is if you're in a room with somebody that you think you know, right, and you just can't figure it out, and then it just snaps and it pops, ah, I know exactly who that is. It's called an aha response. Yeah. It's usually 300, we get a spike in brain activity 300 milliseconds after that response. So what we'll do is we'll put a, like a, looks like a word find with a bunch of jumbled letters that are blinking. And if you, this, this is the the basics of it. You stare at a specific letter. If you attend to that letter, as soon as it blinks, 300 milliseconds later, we'll see that that's what you were attending to. And so that will spit up on the screen. Really? Go on. Yep. So you can... That's that, that's I'm not, that's amazing. Well, yeah. there's that famous story, the diving bell and the butterfly, about mm -hmm. Dominique Bobby, who was, uh, had an aneurysm. He only had his left eye, and he was able to blink his eye. He dictated the whole book, Diving Bell and the Butterfly, yeah. by... They put that alphabet 
in uh, order of frequency. <laughs> oh so E was first and things like that. And he, he dictated the whole book, it's a great book. about his uh, locked-in syndrome. So his yeah. mind was active, but his body was not working. Not at all. What a challenge for your, for your soul to, to go through that experience. An amazing resilience. Now, yeah. as it relates to business, mm -hmm. there's a number of projects that I was on the website I was checking out, and we talked a little bit about it as we were preparing for the show. Sure. Things like brand placement and neural response. Can you want to talk a little bit about that? I think those are pretty interesting Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Yeah. No, we've, we've done a, quite a few different business-based studies on brand placement, A versus B for logos and other media transports and we've got a lot of a lot of success with it some of the some of the clients i can't name but but yes they they do love to see that there's a true physiological response to their changes in media and changes in branding. You know, when, you, when you're doing that sort of an analysis, you're mm -hmm. trying to determine the validity of my choice of logos or whatever the case may be, sure. or catchphrase, whatever different <laughs> things you can, you can actually study. But how many subjects do you have to look at to be able to say, yep, this is a, a very good sample size that would indicate the results? Our sample sizes are normally between 30 and 50, okay. depending on what the budget is, of course. If we're doing something for Coca-Cola, it's going to be larger. If it's doing something in-house, then obviously, you know, 10 to 12 is fine. For studies like this, how does that play out in the community? Is I, I would assume, obviously, now you, you've worked with a number of companies. Obviously, they know they can come to you for this. But, I mean, Absolutely. how are you interfaced with the community so that organizations both within the Atlanta area as well as beyond can know that this is something that they might be able to engage you for? Well, that's one of the things we're working on. Community outreach and specifically brand partners are what our push is for right now. Dr. Randolph is, is a genius when it comes to networking and has hooked up with Jay and, and everybody over at Health Connect South. And that's a, it's been a big driver for growth within the Brain Lab. And, and KSU's been a generous sponsor since our inaugural year. Absolutely. So we really appreciate it. Sure. We've been talking with Steve Krantz, the Director of Innovation at the Kennesaw State University Brain Lab located at the Coles College of Business. As far as the types of studies that you're doing, how long does it typically take to work through one of those types of studies? Well, really, the, the, the meat of the work is in the data analytics after the fact. Collecting samples or running the study itself is a, about a, it could be 30 to 60 days worth of a process. But after that is really where the, the work comes in, trying to take our findings and narrow them down to a binary yes or no with, you know, it's harder to do. Uh, it's it's more subjective than than a lot of people think. So, but yes, it's it's about a six month process, I guess. After all in all, mm -hmm. to how do many, a neuromarketing uh, study around the country? I mean, how many programs are doing this sort of work? Would you say we're the only one that we know of that's in a business school? Most brain labs or are doing physiological sort of responses or in a medical school, TBI right, and different exactly. things like that. Yeah, we're really focused on technology. So, well, I say we, we are, we're, that's our split focus, our between marketing and business innovation and also healthcare, healthcare innovation. So, in the healthcare side of things, because obviously that's the kind of the space that we play in here with Health Connect South, obviously, where do you see this sort of technology, even from the directions that we're talking about, not necessarily looking for TBIs and different things like that? I mean, are there some applications that either might help uh, someday help a provider access data more readily? I mean, because this is what we're talking about. We're talking about actually being able to interface on some right. level with machines and devices and 
and so forth, being yeah. able to interact with them. I mean, well, our, our basic focus is brain com- computer interface. So, and I think it's really, I, you know, my job is to keep us in the, in the forefront of what's happening and what's coming. So I do believe that we're going to see this in a mainstream way in the next few years. There's already a couple of people out there that are doing more of a game type or relaxation using EEG or brain computer interfaces, obviously. I think that it's going to be the way that you interact with everything, your laptop, your mobile phone, your car, everything in the next probably 10 years. You think it's within that short of a horizon? That's Absolutely. pretty close, really. Absolutely. Well, there are devices now that heart rate variability. My spouse uses one now if she has trouble sleeping. She Then there's an, even an iPhone app as well, mm-hmm. but it just gets biofeedback to help calm down your brain. And it goes by heart rate variability and helps her sleep. So those, yeah. those have been around for Interesting. a while. A number of the studies, I'm looking at the website here, the mm-hmm. projects that the Brain Lab is working on, brand placement, as we were talking about, consumer behavior on taste versus price. That's an interesting one. <laughs> Individual characteristics and brain-computer interface, as Steve was just talking about. I think some things that are kind of interesting also, and obviously very important these days, level of engagement in brainstorming, mental training and motor skill enhancement, neural impressions of professional selling. Yes. That's actually an interesting study that we just wrapped up. It involves showing the subjects a video of a sales call and they'll watch it. And and honestly, what happens is the amateurs versus, I guess, novice versus professional or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. There is a difference in in physiological brain activity based on what their skill level is. And uh, we can use that to change training programs. We can use that to improve basically any process within within the company. How do you go about that? This was a study that was done with the professional selling department at the Coles College of Business. And I haven't read the full write-up about it, but it was a very clear definition of the way that professional salesmen see interactions. It's completely different than the way a novice would. Oh, sure. When you're talking about the different areas of my brain that are being more active. They're lighting up. Yes, correct. It's very, very different. We didn't expect it to be that different. Yeah, they say neurons that fire together, wire together. Mm-hmm. And something becomes a habit, and that's why you make the radio show look so effortless. So it's it's a habit for you. You've got this reservoir of activity that you've done, and your yeah. brain's wired yeah, to I do can, that. And I somebody that. new, it lights mm-hmm. up different. It does. Interesting. And then I guess the stress or anxiety can come into play and cause some blocking of different channels, perhaps. Yes. Very intriguing. And I was curious when I saw the piece on violence in video games, what have you found? That's a, it's an older study that uh, Dr. Randolph has been doing and it's ongoing. I am not up to date on what the newest is, but until it, until she completely finishes the study, I don't like to like peek uh, behind the curtains because I, I don't want to change any of the outcomes. <laughs> I'll be very curious about that. I, yeah. I, I have my own feelings on it. I mean, I can see both sides of that argument, quite frankly. Absolutely. It's a big one. In the absence of some good people in your life teaching you what, what is valuable and what is not and, and how to treat your fellow man, I can see that that might teach you some level of ambivalence around violence, perhaps, that maybe you wouldn't have had otherwise. Desensitized yeah. is what they, the term they use. So Yeah. And then I don't know if, if it's just the super access to information and media from all across the place. I mean, it does feel like we, I don't know if we're more violent or not, but it sure feels like because we hear about it all the time. 
So wow. it'll be interesting to see a, of a study like that. Now, what do they? What would they hope to do with that outcome? Let's just pretend for a moment that's what it says. That yes, in fact, it, it appears that through the course of the study that that it can have an influence in making its users a little bit more prone to be violent. What would we hope to accomplish with that? Maybe better. Well, I'll tell you this: if it was my study and I was running it, and it's, and we started to see a correlation between a hard correlation, and we would start looking at if, like I said, if it was me. I would actually start looking at graded down versions of of the violence, I guess, and find where there's a, a tipping point and then work with game designers and movie producers or whoever it would be to start working towards that tipping point and not over the edge and causing damage or long-term stress, I guess. Without, you know, you, you mentioned you hadn't gone too deeply into the study. Do you know if it's looking at by ages? I'm, I'm kind of curious about all that of, as well. All of our studies are, are stratosphere. Uh, are, are, we have stratosphere of age. Um, okay. Just depends on uh, on the study. But yes, I know that it's that So we might is. be able to say among the five to 10 year olds, we Correct. really see a correlation among the, the older population. We see less. <laughs> we do. We do like to stick above 18, 19 years old, obviously, because of development. Brain development is, is higher at that point, but yes. I haven't played any video do. games in a while, but I know I did play one. Chainsaws would definitely be on the other <laughs> wow. side of that line. Yeah, that's so what I would was, say so, yeah. Those wow. are fun, man. <laughs> Chainsaws. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've been talking with Steve Kronz, Director of Innovation at Kennesaw State University's Brain Lab, Coles College of Business, and we've been learning about how they're able to integrate brain wave information and the activity, the levels of, of activity in certain parts of our brain to tell us how are we responding when we see a particular business logo? How are we responding when we taste something? As we were just talking about, they're even looking into does violence in video games have an influence on us as it relates to our perception of violence and its acceptability? Mm-hmm. We, we talked a little bit about the fact that you obviously are partnering with businesses. How does that inter- interchange go? Does somebody come to you and say, hey, we would like to look at this? Or are you, I mean, how do, how do lot, you find yes. your partners? Well, a lot of times we, we actually go after them. Uh, we have a certain number of products that we can offer. Everything from stress in the workplace to vetting new executives. We have a way of telling if they're telling the truth or not. So if you have a $2 million a year guy coming in, we can uh, put him down, put him through the uh, the test and make sure he's, you know, properly vetted. Let's just say that. That's very interesting. And, and how does that relationship flow from a financial perspective? I would assume that the company that's coming in to have one of these studies done, it's got to be funding it on some level. Sure. Absolutely. How does that flow? Um, well, it works through the through the the college of the Coles College of Business. We are, like I said, a research institution, so we um, we have, I guess, objects in place to to handle the financial end of it. Uh-huh. And KSU works directly with the companies that we are working with. I guess to work with. Funding. So you actually have some folks who are reaching out to say, hey, we're the Coles College of Business. We have the brain lab and we can offer uh, this bend it in your direction to your benefit. Help us get some information. What sorts of journals are we publishing in when we come out with these studies? Are those or do those basically just go with the, the partner? Um, um, or are they? Well, it depends on the study. Uh, like I said, it's we're in a, we're in a really interesting spot because we're the only brain lab in a business school, so we have a lot of different publications, especially in the healthcare space. But like we've been in NeuroGadget, we've been had a write up in NeuroGadget and make use of. We've done a lot of stuff for them through Google Glass. It's really it's really opened our our doors to a whole different. Now, level. on the Google Glass interface, mm-hmm. how is that? 
tying in with what we're talking about here? Am I somehow able to control well, what I'm looking at through actually through thinking about it? I, I know that is it to that point. Yes, I was. Yes, there's there's a few people working on control of glass using neural input, and we have actually <laughs> done it. Uh, we were the first to publish and the first to come out with an answer for that. So, and Steve was one of the first guys I saw wearing Google Glass. It was one of the, <laughs> I think maybe our first. Health Connect South event or something that yeah. we met, or maybe the NeuroX, so. but there he was, just inuring self-conscious about it all. I just remind <laughs> you, he had your Google Glass on, he yeah. was I so comfortable with them. So obviously when we're looking at an EEG, we're looking at waves yes. on, 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 uh, graphically on, on the page or on mm -hmm. the device monitor. And so are, are you saying essentially that from the perspective of being able to now turn my brain into a remote control, mm -hmm. that you've been able to identify when I see this wave, it's, it's indicating... Uh, particularly when you compare, um, combine it with uh, a frequency or a intensity of, of activity that you're able to create a, a language. Interesting. That's, you're the first that I've, you're actually the first person I've talked to that gets it. Um, yes, that's what I'm trying to do. That's been my focus actually in the brain lab for the last couple of years is, is pattern matching. Because mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to figure out what would you be, what would, you got to have a language. Yes. And so it would be, I, I guess, I guess if I'm thinking A mm -hmm. and you think A, then our, 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 our waves on the EEG would be similar. Correct. If everything was working well. Well, everybody's brain is different, right. but there are specific patterns to different, to different waves. And that's been, like I said, my, my point of study, it's a, uh, it's been a long road, but I think we're, we're getting very close. There's a, a team that we're working with that's working on thought to text protocol. <laughs> um, that would be so amazing, well, right for, now particularly for, for people like you're talking about, yes. or imagine what that would mean if I'm in a hospital bed and I am intubated. Mm -hmm. um, it'd be interesting to see if someone's in a medically induced coma, just how far, you know, how well, there they are. We're working with everybody. There's about a 70% accuracy rate right now. So it's very, very scary and interesting all at the same time. How far do you think we can take that? All the way. Absolutely. Without a doubt. As soon as they figure the patterns, then we can match them to either voice fingerprints, if you will, or language fingerprints, as you're talking about. Once that pattern really comes together, there's the sky's the limit. <laughs> Does it change it over from short term to long term in the brain? How it's stored? Do the patterns stay the same over time? It's not something That's we've what... looked at yet. That's possible. It's yeah. very possible. Well, the other thing I was thinking too, it'd save. I don't have to learn how to type as fast with my thumbs. You know, mm -hmm. if I can just uh, <laughs> think my text, then I can. So much easier, isn't well, it? Yes. When we start interfacing with Wi-Fi without a device, that'll be pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know some people can pick up radio waves, and I've heard of people who were able to hear radio stations because of their through fillings. Their, yeah, through their teeth, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's not necessarily beyond the realm of plausibility. Who knows? Well, but, but do you think, you say people's brains work differently, but do you think there's some commonality that you could take a thought from one person and possibly. transmit it to another person? It would be like very the, interesting, like ESP almost. So um, what was the Arnold Schwarzenegger total recall where you implant the... the <laughs> Vacation dreams. Sure. So that's one of the science fiction. I need some of those. Yeah. One of, one of my jobs as director of innovation is to make sure that none of this is, you know, just tossed by the wayside as crazy science fiction. Sure. And see what has validity. And mm -hmm. there's a good amount of stuff out there right now that's it's very valid in this case. As the director of innovation, talk about your background. How did you get to this place? Honestly, I was under, I was an undergraduate student of Dr. Randolph's, and she offered a neuroinformation systems class. And I was a, I, my degree is in 
marketing and information systems. Uh, so I met her there. Um, I had a personal tie because my father actually was diagnosed with ALS in 2005. And he passed in 2008. And I, I kind of made it my life's work to do as much as I can to, to do this. And he never got to the locked-in state, but there was I, we've met many of our clients that are hmm. it's really heartbreaking it I would really imagine. is so they're in there very much in there Absolutely. mentally just as as awake as they we can't are. make the machinery move that's right interesting yeah wow what a motivation to be a mm -hmm. part of it when you're looking into the community i mean are there particular types of organizations businesses and enterprises that you're trying to, to um, partner with actually no that's that's part of the the glory of the whole thing I, we can help small business with small tasks, or we can even do large studies nationwide. We're, we're equipped to do both. So really any size company we'd love to partner with, if nothing else, meet and see what we can do for them. Uh, there's a lot of different, we have a lot of different tricks up our sleeve and not everybody will fall in the same category. So we, we take a personal response to anybody that comes in and, and is looking for advice or help. Mm -hmm. It's it's really intriguing. Well, it says as director of innovation too. You said you capture a lot of data, and that's the easy part: collecting the information. Yeah. And there's a lot going on with big data now that you look for the signal and the mm -hmm. noise. And there's information in the noise. People used to just discard this information, and yep. who knows? You may be able to go back to some of the things you captured and find some patterns that you didn't I'm, realize I'm were there the first big time. Big advocate of never deleting anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the answer to cancer, I think the answer to all of our problems right now is in big data. And all you have to do is find the patterns. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think that um, we will see some leaps forward in certain areas in healthcare in particular, since they've really kind of lagged behind yeah. as it relates to using big data patterns um, to be able to, I think in particular, to be able to uh, de-identify certain elements of information, but to have health-related data um, as well as treatment data um, across that spectrum. I think you can quickly identify fraud mm -hmm. as well as um, reduce costs from duplicate yeah. efforts. We had that show with the pharmacogenetics where you can take the information and say these types of drugs, you're predisposed to work with this. Remember the yeah. uh, NeuroX? And Plavix. 30% right. of the people have a mutation that you take that medication and it'll pass right through you. It never gets activated. Mm -hmm. Wow. 30%. That's pretty significant. It's not it inexpensive. Is. So where do folks go to get information about the Kennesaw State University Brain Lab at the Coles College of Business? The best way to reach out is is either on the website or email us or call us directly. It's uh, the it, it's on the Coles Kennesaw website under Brain Lab just, or just Google us. Um, and, and just about anything that they could want from a business intelligence perspective as it relates to how does this affect my customer? You might actually be able to either fold them into a study uh, setup that you have right now, or you might be able to develop one around the technology that you have to try to identify how does XYZ question that you're trying to get answered affect your client? Is that what we're talking about? Yes, absolutely. And it depends on the budget based on, you know, what we can provide, but we have, we have different solutions for all different sites. So don't necessarily think, oh, we're too small, we can't right. afford it because yeah. you never know the ROI from that. Exactly. You know, as you mentioned, being able to make some tweaks to what you're presenting to your customer or how it's being presented, or in the case of, as you were talking about, I thought it was intriguing um, how you might be able to tailor training for your sales staff mm -hmm. uh, around 
their brain waves. Right. That's yeah. that's pretty pretty exciting as well. Be able that to would, hook the customers up too. And yeah, see what they're wow. thinking it that's what they really, really, really uh, it's the, clean up for themselves. It's the new age of focus group. We mm-hmm. not only do you now sit in a room and watch, you sit in a room and watch different things with your EEG cap on. Yeah, you exactly. can really get deep on them without them even realizing exactly. it. I would imagine. Exactly. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Wow. And. Tell folks again real quickly about the event in February so that we make sure that people sign up for that. Sure. February 9th in Nashville, Tennessee, Health Connect South's next event will be Entrepreneurship and Investing in Health Startups. So we're looking forward to our uh, friends in Nashville hosting us for that event. And you can sign up on the website. The other thing is, if you have not completed your survey, you can still submit that and get a chance to win a Fitbit. That might be a nice thing to get, uh, start those New Year's resolutions with a <laughs> new Fitbit. I sent mine in, so earmark that one for the Fitbit, please. Okay, I'll <laughs> let Shivani know. Uh, well, <laughs> people think there's a thumb on the scale if we, if uh, CW wins. But oh. It's a random number generated. But just, anyway, just and we could be mine. And speaking of that, we appreciate uh, Kennesaw State's uh, generous sponsorship. And I know that you all have the NeuroX last year. Yes, that was a great was. program. And I'm sure that that's probably planned again for the spring. Absolutely. I, I believe it is. I think all the information is on the website about the um, the next round. I, if not, it will be very, very soon. <laughs> and if you get a chance to hear Dr. Randolph, Dr. Adrian Randolph present, I recommend. Absolutely. And if you've been listening to the show today on the podcast, if you go to the upper left-hand side of the show page, you'll find the Apple logo there, and that'll take you over to the Health Connect South radio show podcast. Subscribe to us. That way, every week when the new podcast comes out, it'll be downloaded straight to your device, uh, ready for you to check it out on your way to work. Um, And make sure you turn around and share it. As we were talking about here, uh, the folks at Kennesaw State in the Brain Lab at Coles College of Business, they're looking to interface with both healthcare organizations around the community as well as businesses who are looking to answer a number of uh, important questions that would really help their enterprises. So we hope you turn around and share it with your social media networks. You might just be the the key to putting some information in the hands of somebody you care about. Uh, and all it was was you just uh, shared this piece of information. So we hope you do that. Uh, Steve, we really appreciate you oh. going to the trouble of joining us here in the studio today and to the folks oh. at Kennesaw State University and Coles College of Business. We appreciate you sharing, Steve, with us today and the information about what you have going on there. Jay, thanks a lot. CW, thanks for letting me join you you again. Letting me be. Shout out to the folks at Health Connect South. And for all the folks who made us part of their day to day, we really want to say thank you so much. We appreciate your time. We'll see you all same time, same place next week. We'll see you then. 